Hey, hey, friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Compromise is the topic of today. I wasn't planning on discussing this, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and He gave me deep revelation that He wanted me to share with my listeners. Okay, here we go. What makes these leaders, these pastors, and Christians in general who seem to have everything and in many cases are preaching the gospel on the regular? How do they get to that place, that dark place, where they end up crashing and burning morally, where they lose everything, their ministry, their families, and their friends? How do they actually get to that point? As I was looking for answers, the Holy Spirit spoke one word to me, compromise. Let me start out by saying that God is so good. He is a great redeemer. He heals the broken. He restores broken people and families and marriages. He alone can heal and make all things new. So this is not coming from a judgmental or self-righteous heart. This is me sharing from my own experiences and what the Lord has taught me on living a life that is holy and pleasing to Him. And the key to this, friends, is intimacy with Jesus, a daily walk and fulfilling relationship with Jesus, where the things that once tempted us are no longer a temptation. In fact, the thought of sin turns you off. I can share my own story as an example. I used to be a clubber and life of the party, and there was a time where even though I loved God, I grew up in a very solid Christian home, I wasn't right with God. I would claim to be a Christian, but my heart wasn't completely His, and I wasn't living a life of surrender. Even though I was a quote-unquote good girl and going to church on Sundays, but He wasn't the one that was satisfying me. I would go to clubs, parties, you know, I would compromise. There was a time when I first started coming back to God that I actually missed kind of going out. I missed dancing. I missed the social environment, but I stopped living that way. I I no longer went out to the clubs, but I still craved it. I still desired it, and I still missed it. But as I surrendered even more, as I allowed the Holy Spirit to fill me and cultivated this greater intimacy where Jesus was all I wanted— where I stopped living for myself and I wanted to live a life that pleased Him. I can tell you now that that lifestyle isn't even a temptation. It's not even attractive to me. In fact, it's actually a turnoff. I no longer miss it. I don't crave anything about it. It's actually kind of gross when I think about all the things that happen out in the dark in Satan's playground. You know, I don't want to be part of it. And it's just, I'm a whole nother person. Because, friends, I've allowed God to take His right place and to fill every void and to be my all in all. You might be asking, how do you actually live a life of no compromise where you are guarded to prevent yourself from being tempted and to prevent falling? Well, I'm going to give you some practical steps that I have learned over 15, 20 years that I have shared with many women and many people that I'm here to share with you today. You might be saying to yourself right now, you know, I don't really compromise like that. I don't go out and party. I don't sleep around. I don't get drunk all the time, right? Things that you think are major. But you have to remember, friends, that the enemy is sneaky. He's not going to take you from a no compromise lifestyle to a compromising lifestyle where you fall into a pit overnight. He's very subtle. It starts out with watching the wrong movies, listening to the wrong music, hanging around the wrong people, following the wrong people on social media. They are people that live a life of compromise, and impurity is their trademark. That's where it starts. When you start compromising with what you watch, what you see, what you say, over time, 
you start to justify your compromise, where it's really just the gray area of Christianity. It's not really that bad. It's not blatant sin. So you continue to live that lifestyle, and all the while you're not developing that necessary intimate relationship with Jesus and keeping your heart right and protected. The next thing you know, you're handing your phone number out. You're flirting with somebody. You're going out for drinks with the opposite sex. And because compromise feels good in the moment, you end up naked on their couch. (laughs) Well, that just came out. But this is real talk. Often what seems small leads to big consequences. And that's the enemy's goal. To deceive us, to blind us, and to ultimately bring us shame. Suddenly you're getting drunk. Suddenly you're doing these things, but it's not really suddenly. You might think it's suddenly, but it's been over time of small things that have added up, small ways of compromise that have added up. And then you are faced with the big consequences. I remember this one girl that I used to mentor, and this was over 10 years ago. She would go to her boyfriend's house, not planning on it, but would end up having sex with him. And she would call me feeling guilty, all upset, and she would ask me to pray for her. So at first I prayed for her, but then a week would go by and she would call me again and she would say, pray for me. I went to my boyfriend's house and I ended up sleeping with him again. And so I prayed for her again. And then a week later, she calls me again and she asked me to pray for her again. At that point, I said, look, it's not prayer you need, it's boundaries. You obviously cannot go to your boyfriend's house alone at night. You have a weakness in this area, and you are making it easy for you to slip and fall. You obviously need to have boundaries. So, girl, you should stop going to his house. And she was not happy with that response. In fact, that was the last time she talked to me. You see, people that are enjoying their lifestyle of sin don't really want you to give them a way out. They just want to feel good about the sin that they're in. But I'm not going to come alongside you and justify your sin. You know, I'm going to be the faithful friend that corrects you in love and helps you get the freedom that you need. And that's a true friend. It's a friend that we all need. It's as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. You don't want somebody in your life that is going to justify or hide your sin. Far too often, those that fall do not have the accountability that they need. It's good to have correction. Correction keeps us protected. I remember when I started praying that God would convict me of my sin. He started convicting me left and right. I mean, about everything. I'm like, I can barely breathe, Lord, and you're convicting me. He would convict me on my thoughts, convict me on my attitudes. I mean, things that most people wouldn't even see as sin, but he would convict me left and right. It was almost irritating how easily I got convicted. But you know what? Living a life of being easily convicted is a blessing. It really does protect us from a life of compromise. So I welcome the Holy Spirit's quick conviction, and I hope that you will too. You see, friends, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy, and he targets families and he targets marriages because he knows that if we are living right, healthy, and in unity, then we can take the kingdom by storm and make an unerasable mark. And if you don't discern his sneakiness, then you're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, there's so many examples of this in the Bible. Do you think David looked over his balcony at Bathsheba taking a bath and said, I'm going to sleep with her, get her pregnant, then try to hide it by killing her husband? That's my right-hand man and my most faithful soldier. I guarantee you that storyline did not cross David's mind when he first laid eyes on Bathsheba. 
The enemy doesn't reveal the whole outcome that leads to your downfall in one swoop. It's one bad choice after another. Next thing you know, you're in a pit all alone. The Bible tells us to guard ourselves, for the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy. On the other hand, we have Joseph, who was also tempted by the king's wife when she tried to make a move on him, and she even tried to grab him. But he immediately ran so quickly that she ripped off his robe. See, he knew his weakness, and he ran. You see, my friends, small compromises have big consequences. If I can say that over and over again, so you can really get this, that small compromises have big consequences. You know, I get asked all the time, Leah, how have you stayed pure all these years? Honestly, it's God. I'm pure because he's pure. Along with God, it's the choices that I make. First off, I've had some unnegotiable boundaries in my life. Even in the past with the serious relationships that I was in, and I had my own place and I could do whatever I want, nobody would know. I had to have self-control, and I had strict boundaries from the beginning. My boyfriends weren't allowed to take a nap at my house, stay the night at my house, or even take a shower. Just anything that would open the door to temptation. And because I had those boundaries up front, it kept me from compromising or any regrets I would have later. The enemy wants to deceive us into thinking that we're strong enough and that we won't slip. But the more you Netflix and chill, you're going to chill. You know what I'm saying? Okay? If you're snuggled up, cozy, watching a romance, then you're opening up the door. And we're all human. I could very easily have a different lifestyle right now if I did not have the boundaries that I have. Along with the Holy Spirit's sweet conviction. Along with boundaries, I also pray daily that God will purify my heart and that He'll keep me with the right heart that pleases Him. It's a daily relationship, a daily accountability with the Holy Spirit to keep me in check. And part of that is daily meditating on the Word of God. Because I've lived this way, I'm very sensitive to what the world says is okay. But of course, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I watch movies I shouldn't watch or I do things I shouldn't do, but I always end up paying for it later. If I watch the wrong thing or if I'm in the wrong environment, then it affects my spirit. You know, it makes me feel polluted. And there's been times I've had a restless night's sleep because of it. And that's an example of compromise. You see, friends, the more you live a life of gratifying your own desires, then the less that you crave God's desires. This is why God calls us to guard ourselves from the enemy's schemes. You know, if I didn't stay guarded and planted in his word and connected to the vine, then my life would look different right now. So yes, I have desires, right? Yes, there's things that I want, but I care more about my relationship with God than gratifying my own desires. And that's the key, my friends. You have to care more about your walk with God and pleasing Him and being a good witness than you care about feeling good for a moment. And that desire to live holy only comes when Jesus is our lover. So the only way to keep from a life of compromise that leads to a life of sin, we got to keep ourselves in check. And the only way to do that is to make sure that our relationship with God is right, that we allow Him to heal any form of brokenness in our life, to fill every void, to allow others to keep us accountable, to speak into our life. Because the only way to live free of temptation is to be so satisfied and overflowing that there's no room in our lives for compromise.
because sin is what you do when you're not satisfied with God. Of course, we all sin and often. So the question is not if we sin. The question is how do you react when you do sin? If you're not quickly convicted of your sin, which leads straight to repentance, but instead you somehow justify your sin and continue it and you actually become comfortable with your sin, then I invite you, friends, to get your heart right with God today. You know, in the book of Psalms, David asked God, how can someone keep their way pure? And the Lord answers, by living according to God's word, to seek him with all your heart and do not stray from God's commands, to hide God's word in your heart. And that's exactly what we need to do to prevent us from living that life of compromise. We have to be honest and vulnerable with Jesus to allow him to heal us, the deepest part of us, any broken crevice. He didn't die on that cross so that we would limp through life. He died so that we might run and live in abundance. He wants to heal us in every broken place. Any residue from the past, he has to heal us so we can be made whole. Once we are whole and healed and we rely on him for intimacy, we stop craving it from an outside source. We have to guard our eyes and our heart. So I'm very careful with what I watch on TV. It doesn't matter how popular a show is. Even when the popular show Bachelor came out, I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, don't watch that show. I mean, what is it? A guy that's kissing several women, sleeping in windmills, sleeping with each other overnight, trying to choose the right one by making out with them and flirting and drinking. Is that a show that really pleases God? I don't care how popular it is. I don't care how many Christians watch the show. You know, we have to live to a higher standard and stop living in a gray area where it looks okay. It's not blatant sin. So it's okay to live that way. That's what causes the downfall. You know, listening to music that talks about sex, you know, watching movies that have sex scenes, following people on social media that are barely wearing clothes that are compromising in other ways, hanging out in environments that don't please God, hanging out in worldly environments. You know, God tells us to be the light in the darkness and to go into the world and make him known. But the problem is so many Christians are camping on the enemy's property instead of just visiting. It's one thing to go into the world to show God's love, but we have to be careful that we don't try to fit in. We can still extend God's love, but it's when we camp in the world When we move in, that's what gets us in trouble. When you want to fit in and you become far too comfortable in those environments, the key to not compromising and how you can keep the door closed to compromise is to walk with God daily and stay in an intimate relationship with Him. And I would say one of the number one reasons that Christians surrender to sin and fall into the enemy's trap, it's the hype of being intimate with others. We long for intimacy. But only the intimacy with the Holy Spirit will satisfy us. You know, like Samson, he longed for that intimate desire, but when he did it, he lost all his strength. His strength was from God. Everyone wants to feel desired. We all want that. You might might love your spouse, but you love being wanted even more. And sexual sin is so connected to intimacy with God. That's why the enemy targets relationships, especially marriages. When you crave intimacy and being desired, it becomes like a drug. You become addicted. But that desire for intimacy and to feel wanted 
God created us that way so that that intimacy would be filled by Him alone. So when we look for it in other people or other things, we are always going to come back empty. And without spiritual intimacy, we have no authority. If we don't connect with Jesus every day, allow Him to heal us, to purify our hearts, and to satisfy us, then we will look for it in other places. You know, in Isaiah, God tells us, Depart, depart, go out from there and touch no unclean thing. Come out from it and be pure, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. God is calling us to run like Joseph did, run from sin and run from compromise so that we will not stray and we will live a life that is honoring to us and to Him. If you don't allow God to fill your cup, then the enemy will. But His cup, my friends, has a big leak, (laughs) a big hole in that cup. You will not be satisfied by the enemy's cup. Only God can satisfy us. As I wrap up today's teaching on compromise, I want to read a passage from 1 John 3. The Bible tells us everyone who has this hope in God purifies himself, just as God is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Those are some pretty heavy words, right? No one who lives in him keeps on sinning, and no one who continues to sin has either seen God or knows him. (laughs) So it goes back to what I was saying. It's not that we do sin. It's how we react to our sin. You know, God knows that we're imperfect and that we sin all the time, but the lack of repentance of our sin is what he cares about most. That reminds me of a podcast I did a while back on the story of King David. You know, when I was asking God, here's a man that has fallen so many times into sin, you know, with Bathsheba and the affair and killing his his right-hand man and all the sins of David, right? Why is he the only one in all of history that you call a man after your own heart? I had a problem with this. (laughs) You know, I was asking God, why David? Why not Job, who you took everything away from, but he never denied your name. He stayed righteous and faithful. Why not Job? Why David, who was kind of like a train wreck, right? He was a hot mess. (laughs) And God told me clear as day. He said, it's not because David was perfect, but because he was repentant. That's the key, my friends. God shows us over and over again in His Word how to live a life of no regret. By allowing God to heal your brokenness, healing you from your past, filling all the voids, connecting with Him in such a deep way where He's your intimate Jesus, He's the intimate lover of your soul, your all in all, your best friend. If you can live like that, that's the abundant life of freedom that God has designed for all of us to live. However, if you are carrying any shame from your past, from falling, from compromise, just know that Jesus loves you so much. His heart and desire, His greatest desire is to heal you and to make you whole. Your life is not canceled. You are not less than. You're still redeemable. God has a perfect hope and purpose for you. Come to Him today. Be vulnerable and lay it all at His feet cry those tears, 
and allow Him to completely heal you and set you free. I love you, friends. This wraps up Season 2 of the Lens of Faith podcast. Season 3 will start back up sometime in December. Until then, remember, friends, that life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Let's end us in prayer. Lord Jesus, we just come before you right now. First of all, we want to repent for any ways that we have compromised, we have justified our sin, we haven't humbly repented to you to make it right, Lord God, that we've walked around broken, proclaiming your name, but still broken and not healed, Lord God, where we haven't been vulnerable and allowed you to heal us from the deepest part of our our soul, Lord God and to fill every void. We want you to have your right place in our life, Lord God, to completely satisfy us, to heal us, Lord God, to easily convict us of anything that doesn't please you, Lord God. So we come before you now, and we repent of compromise. We repent of straying from you. We repent of not putting you first, not turning to you to satisfy us, Lord God, but turning to lesser things for putting our eyes on things that we should not have put our eyes on, for saying things, for thinking of things, just in any way that we have compromised, Lord God, we come before you now. We repent and we ask for forgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would come with your sweet conviction and that you would convict our hearts of anything that does not please you, Lord God. And I just pray that you would just draw us closer to you, that we would crave the intimacy with you above all else, Lord, that we would crave a daily relationship with you, and that those temptations that once controlled us would now be broken in the name of Jesus, that you'd break off every lie, every weight of shame that the enemy has tried to put on us from sins or from the past, Lord God, that you would break off all shame, Lord God, any guilt, any heaviness, any burdens that we have carried from things in our past, we want you to set us free. We want to start new with you, Lord, fresh and new, Lord God. Do a new thing in us, Lord God. You alone make all things new. Be glorified even from our past and our mistakes. Be glorified in our lives that we would honor you, Lord God. Everything we say and do, that we would honor you, that we would live blameless lives, Lord God, that we would point to you, that when people would see us, they would see you, Jesus, that we would be a right reflection of you, a true reflection, not a facade, not a fake Christian, Lord God, but people would see that, yes, we're not perfect, but we point to you. We live a lifestyle that pleases you. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your forgiveness time and time again. You are perfect in all of your ways, Lord God. Continue to work on our hearts that our lives might bring you alone glory, Lord God. It's not about us. It's about you. Thank you, Lord, for your unconditional love and redemption. We love you, Lord. Amen. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Talk to you soon. Music.